This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. And if the we sounds stronger, it's because we have an extra guest. We are not three. We are four. We are four today. We are four. So, uh, hello. Max Gashalter, <laughs> hello. Hi. Want to introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, what you're doing? I'm Max Gashalter. Yeah? And Age? I'm 11 years old. School in Scarsdale, New York? Yep. And wh- what are you doing here, buddy? Why, why are you here? To be for a research project for my school. You want to, you like the mm-hmm. sports broadcaster, so you came yes. in to see what we do. Correct. Oh, bless Any, your heart. Anybody who listens to the show regularly would tell you, Max, a little bit of advice. Listen to some of what Evan says, none of what Michael Barr says, and whatever I say, that's what you want to take back to school. Okay. All right, good. I like Medina, I like this guy. Very slanted. I like this guy. He's got it. (laughs) Very slanted opinion of what He's just just agreeing to whatever I say. I love this guy. Perfect. Uh, I don't like him at all. All right, Barr, what are we starting out with? Uh, A surprise. I'm rather surprised. Uh, RJ Hampton, he has decided to go play in Australia, and let's set up what the surprise is all about well the surprise is the kid is one of the top recruits in high school basketball top five consensus had offers from duke kentucky kansas memphis and has said ah you know what i don't want to do the fraud thing i don't want to do the books and basketball because frankly his goal is to go to the nba He said, I don't really have the desire to play college basketball. Never did. The goal is the NBA. He thinks going to play in the Australian League against professionals, by the way, where he'll make a salary pretty good, $700,000, $800,000. That's the route he chose, leaving those top programs without that star player. He's not, obviously not the first high school basketball player to eschew going to college. You know, We've seen Brandon Jennings, Emmanuel Mudai. There's a number of folks who have decided, you know, I'm going to make money in that one year between after graduating high school and before I can enter the NBA draft. He's the first, to my knowledge, to go to Australia. He's playing for a team in in New Zealand, but it's the Australian Basketball League. Um, But we are continually seeing a market pop up now for under-19 basketball players right this 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 gap year that is demanded at least for now and we'll talk about that in a second between high school and college the g league is increasing its salaries the ncaa is 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 looking at maybe changing that rule you know we've had guys who are playing in europe we've had guys now going to australia There, there seems to be more and more options now if you are an elite high school basketball player and more people are taking those options and so max if you were a star basketball player we know you love baseball the most but if you were a star basketball player and Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and Memphis said, we want you to come play, but you have eyes on the NBA. Would you go to college for that one year, or would you go make money and play somewhere else? Definitely, I'd go to college. So you go to college. Why yes. is that? Because you see it on TV? Uh, You see it on TV. The NBA is always looking at the college scouts. Uh-huh, okay. Um, You probably have a better chance of going to college and then playing in the NBA. 
instead of going off to New Zealand. So that w- that w- off to New Zealand, I like it. So that's the argument that some have made. Like, look at Zion Williamson. Yeah. What he did for his brand in that one year of televised, nationally televised game mm-hmm. could not have happened had he gone to play in New Zealand. Definitely not. Okay. See, I, like, I like your thinking because if you play here in college, your name is going to get out there. And, and if you're out in Australia... Nobody's oh. going to know who you are. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're playing games when you know the East Coast is is sleeping essentially, right? Um, and and the argument often against going over overseas to play for a lot of kids has been it's a culture shock, right? Often you're going to a place where you know it's a totally different language. This is not a problem that he's going to have in in New Zealand and Australia. Um, but yes, the the, the big que- the unknown question here: he's going to make a lot more money in, in the next year than he would have playing in college the question is will, will he be just from a basketball perspective development will he be better off that's the question the pro he's playing against pros that and it's his singular focus he doesn't have to go to class his singular focus will be basketball the con is he's playing against older pros who may look to beat him up because of who he is you would know better than me brandon jennings was a highly touted high school player yeah. he ended up being drafted i think 10th overall in the nba was the general consensus that playing overseas italy i believe yeah was good for him yes. that, that he entered the NBA maybe he, with a different level or uh, used to a different level of opponent than he would have if he had gone to Ohio State. Or yeah, Duke I mean, you State. look at some of the European players that come in at the younger ages and they just seem a little more better prepared because they have been playing against professionals since age 15, 16, 17. They just seem a little better prepared. The games are a little more roundly developed. I mm-hmm. thought when you said that uh, you know better, I thought you were going to say that uh, you got beat up more. <laughs> but that's another story. Your job is not the jokes. Oh, two, that's you. my job. <laughs> two other real quick things here. Scott, you should talk a bit about the Next Stars program and how that works in the Australian Basketball League because this seems like a sweetheart deal. This is a home run for the team. For the, for the for New the Zealand team. Breakers, this is a home this run of a deal. This is a no-brainer. The, the Next Stars program, they want this guy. The league wants guys just like this to come and play. So the team isn't even paying his salary. The league will pay his salary. And the way the international agreements work is if he is picked in the first round of the 2020 draft, guess what? That NBA team will pay an $800,000 buyout to the team. So not only are they not paying his salary, in essence, they're going to make a ton of cash when and if he becomes a first-round pick. This is the part that, to me, if I was a you know a college basketball administrator, this is the part that would worry me a little bit, right? When, when, when leagues, overseas leagues are sweetening the pot as we're seeing the G League doing as they're they're sweetening the pot more and more to try to attack attract more talent like this. Yeah, that, that's, that's the part that w- would concern me a bit. The part that wouldn't concern me is that the NBA and the union are not stupid. They know that this is going on and it seems they are far down the road toward eliminating that that rule where it says you need to go to school for agreed, one year. Agreed. Yeah. And, so. And that won't I mean not everybody is going to make the jump from high school to No, but to the, the best NBA, players will. But but you're right. Yeah, that would change the equation pretty significantly. Speaking so. of draft picks going to go overseas, uh let's go to Carter Stewart. Now, he was picked 8th overall by the Atlanta Braves uh last year and uh he went to college instead of signing with the Braves. Now, he's going to go and play in Japan. I think that Carter Stewart is a is a more interesting case study right now than RJ Hampton is you know this is a guy who as you said Michael drafted by the Braves eighth overall should have made about five million dollars but he failed his physical they only only offered him two million he decided not to take that he went to college and now he decides I'm going to go make money in Japan Uh, so he'll be paid more in the immediacy right than, than he would have in the minor leagues but 
and this is probably most important for him and his agent, Scott Boris, he's going to be a free I, agent at 25. I'm shocked it's the Scott Boris player. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be a free agent at 25. You're eligible to, to go to the big leagues, be a free agent at 25 years old, which is two, three, maybe four years younger than he would have been had he decided to go to the minors for a couple years and then start that six-year MLB clock when he got called up. Um to my knowledge, he's the first, if not one of the first, to consider this route. But I'm definitely interested to see if, especially now, as, as as we've talked about, you know, there's so much labor discord right now in Major League Baseball, if this might be a route that elite baseball players choose to take in the Until future. Until they close the loophole. And I never say loophole as a, bur- as a bad, <laughs> dirty word. I love the agents that find the loopholes because their job is to get their client what they want. And if this is what the client wanted and he found a way to do it, kudos to Scott Boris. Sure. And, and the, the, the model here, Max, I know you like Masahiro Tanaka. Yes. Uh, th- there are a number of Japanese player pitchers specifically who, when they were between 25 and 27, which is what Carter will be when he's eligible to come, come to the Major League Baseball. He's 19 now, um, right? He's 19 now, yeah. So you, Darvish, Daisuke Matsuzaka, Masahiro Tanaka, there's a number of pitchers who have you know commanded real, real large dollars coming over from Japan to Major League Baseball. Come on, he's a Yankee fan. You have to bring up Hideki Arabu, the guy who didn't work out and had to take the Uber back and forth from Scranton because, you know, I don't know, he couldn't, couldn't pitch at all. Oh, terrible. Do you even think about this, Max? When you're watching games, mm-hmm. I'm curious... I know when I was your age, I did not. So you don't have to feel pressure here. I did not. But either. did any? Does any of this cross your mind? Like all this business of sports while you're watching, or just the games being played? Just the games. Okay. Are you interested in all that happens around the game now? Like when they built a new Yankee Stadium, did you wonder, hey, who paid for it? How did the money get there? And what are they charging me fifty-two dollars for a Coke for? No. No, because your dad pays. Yes. Okay, that's uh, that's how my son goes too. We've all we've all been there, right, Bar? Oh my God! I was gonna Max. You know how old I am. I just watched, say very. Just, I used to watch the you know baseball Satchel Page? games. Did you ever hear of Satchel Page? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, Bar used to long toss with him in the park. <laughs> I used to watch the games on an old black and white television. I, I bet you don't even know what black and white TV is. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I've seen a few. There you go. No, no color. That's a parent who's doing it right when his father knows what black and white TV is. And you had to turn the dial with a pair of pliers to get what channel you wanted. That's why my father had the fourth kid. I somebody had to stand you by were the, the remote TV because there was remote. Remote wasn't right. There was no remote. I was the one who stood there and had to sit through the commercials of the Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Oh well, see that was modern, man. I'm talking about going back to I Dream a Genie. Dude, man. you're old even to me. Okay. I know. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about the uh, sale of. Sports Illustrated, and then to bring it up, uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, it was sold for $110 million to Authentic Brands, which is looking to make money licensing out the iconic name. Now, the first thing that hit me when I saw this was $110 million in today's world is kind of cheap. Well, like Bleacher Report sold for like 150 I mean, you talk about the iconic brand, Bleacher Report, yeah. you know, and SI. Like, wait, wait, them- and, and by the way, they say the value's in the brand. It's not even in the content. Yeah, this is actually a good question for Max. Max, does Sports Illustrated mean much to you? Um, I read it daily, so... You okay. do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about Bleacher Report? Um, not Less really. So. Okay, yeah. interesting. Do you um, have ESPN Magazine? Did you Did you ever read that? No. All right, so he's old school. 
I like it. Goes for the long form. I like it. I like that. I like it. Yeah, I like. I like. I like the long form. But, but. I, it just seems so. I mean, when you think about iconic brands and and if you playing Family Feud and some and here comes Steve <laughs> oh Harvey oh says name no, a no, sports no, no, magazine no 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 redo redo sports illustrated bar, bar I'm not letting you go it's Family Feud sports Steve Harvey Richard Dawson okay I'm sorry you're right thank you this sounds more like a Richard yeah, and you Dawson don't get a kiss out of this one well either. yeah thank God but it's. I always think of Sports Illustrated, number one magazine, and it's only for $110 million. Now, granted, what they're doing is that they're going to use the sell the name and just plaster it all over the place to make money that way, too. I mean, SI's still going to operate it, but the authentic brands... Meredith. Yeah, Meredith Meredith will still operate it. Uh, authentic brands, they have things like Shaq and I believe Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah Elvis, so, Marilyn Elvis. Monroe. It's yeah. what can you do with the brand? Sports so, gambling? That's one thing they're looking at, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a valuable brand. You just wonder, does it translate to the consumer today or are we past it already? I, I think the dream here, and, and for, for listeners who are kind of trying to understand exactly what we're talking about here, Authentic Brands is going to take SI's name and use it for products, you know, mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated branded soccer goals, maybe live events. Windbreakers, so tote bags. Sports Illustrated phones, football brand, phones. branded <laughs> soccer camps. Um, they also may do, you know, certainly some content along the lines of what SI has done. Um, but the uh, the model, I think, here is Playboy. Right, another magazine that built a tremendous brand. You'll notice I'm not going that, to Max on this. <laughs> another magazine that built a tremendous brand that didn't. The readership for the actual magazine wasn't necessarily where the money was in the value of the brand. Um, and I think that Authentic Brands hopes that Sports Illustrated is like that. That that there are tremendous business opportunities outside of just magazine publishing and written word that Sports Illustrated yeah, I'm can not, be used. I'm not sure the brand affinity exists anymore i'm a little nervous if uh, if i'm doing this deal i mean so only 110 million within si is si kids there's sportsman of the year which is a an award property that might actually have some value there's the swimsuit issue which you know is the only money making yeah the, yeah the yeah. money making part of the operation uh so yeah i mean unclear exactly how <laughs> how much opportunity there is there obviously authentic brands thinks there is but as you said it's a weird deal meredith which you know, bought Time Inc. a couple years ago and immediately put the magazine uh, entities up for, up for sale. They're going to keep for at least two years publishing and and printing the magazine, right? So, so nothing immediately. I don't think is going to change. But long term, Scott, are we expecting the journalism side of of SI? Is there a ticking clock now on it? Yeah. Well, there's been a ticking clock on it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see what these branding opportunities are. Number one, I would think would be sports betting, some sort of platform there, content play, like at camps. I just don't know if I'm looking to Sports Illustrated camp other than something else in locally or, sure. or the pro athlete name I know. Yeah, or Shaq's basketball or sh- game. There, sure. there you go. Yeah. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Scott Soshnick and Evan Novi williams We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Dan Reed, head of sports partnerships at Facebook. Max, you have a Twitter account? No. Oh, we got to get, come on, Jonathan, Dad. We got to get him a Twitter account so we could have promoted that, get him some followers, and start earning some cash. I only have like about 400. Is that how Twitter works? 20 something. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I'm going up, though. You should see Barr monetizing these 400. (laughs) He would, Max would be past you in a week. He would, too. (laughs) You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts. 